Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. I'm Madi Bolaños, and this is The California Report. State lawmakers are trying to make renting more affordable by capping how much landlords can charge for security deposits. CalMatters reporter Alejandra Reyes Velarde explains. California renters must save up thousands of dollars to provide security deposits that can legally be as much as two months' rent or three months for furnished units. The bill advancing through the state legislature hopes to cut down on this cost burden by capping that at one month's rent. San Francisco Assemblymember Matt Haney, who authored the bill, said these upfront fees can leave people stuck in overcrowded and sometimes unsafe living situations, or force them to take on debt to secure housing. Haney was actually inspired to write the bill by a janitor in his district who was crammed into a one-bedroom apartment with his wife and three kids. Those opposed to the bill, which include the California Apartment Association, say that limiting security deposits could mean landlords increase rents instead. The bill has passed in the Assembly and is now in the Senate. That was CalMatters reporter Alejandra Reyes Velarde. There's been some very un-California weather in the southern part of our state. Here to talk about that is my California Report co-host Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Hey, Saul. Hey, Madi. Over the last few weeks, Southern California's weather has been the meteorological equivalent of a bowl of cold oatmeal. Morning after morning, we've woken up to drab, cloudy skies and chilly temperatures in the 60s that persist through the rest of the day. A lot of people are pretty sick of it. And the weather has also affected the rhythms of daily life for people, like Juan Ibada. He rents boats at L.A.'s Echo Park Lake. Business has been super slow, um, especially here in the mornings. I don't think people really want to be out here because it's super gloomy. And, you know, it's the summer and normally we'd be super busy um, with the rush and everything. But it's been really strange. This weather has been really strange for us. All the boats are at the dock at the moment. There's literally nobody out there right now. It's very strange. What's responsible for the dreary weather? Well, it's a deeper-than-usual marine inversion layer off the coast that acts like a lid on cloud cover and spreads cooler, grayer weather more inland than normal. Looking ahead, the National Weather Service says L.A. might get some dollops of sunshine this weekend. But big picture, it looks like the May gray we had last month will turn into Southern California's traditional June gloom, with cool temperatures and low-hanging morning clouds, especially over coastal regions. It's weather that's better for sweaters and jackets than swim trunks and tank tops. Maudie? Thanks, Saul. That's my California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez reporting from cloudy Southern California. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. It's been exactly one month since Hollywood writers walked off the job and began their strike. Still, there's been little progress in getting a deal done. On Thursday, union leadership sent a message to its members promising to remain united and not fall victim to a divide-and-conquer strategy like in the last strike. Michael Schneider is a TV editor for Variety. He looks back at where we were at this time in the 2007-2008 writer's strike, which lasted 100 days. I think they're seeing the, the, the kind of uh, support that they didn't see in 2007-2008 from uh, not only the, the the actors, but also the Teamsters from a lot of the uh, below-the-line folks who feel that this is their fight as well. That's also providing the impetus for productions to be shut down, which you didn't see as much in 2007-2008. You still saw a lot of productions that had already been written continuing to film. You're not seeing that this time because folks are a lot more aggressive in shutting down those productions. Schneider says all indications are that this strike will not end anytime soon. And now for a preview of our sister show, The California Report magazine. This week, KQED's health correspondent April Domboski brings us the story of a woman's struggle to find health care in rural Nevada County. For years and years, Lori was told she couldn't have a baby. Doctors said with her health history, it would be next to impossible. So Lori put it out of her mind. Then when she was least expecting it, she got pregnant. I had this moment where I was like, this is a little miracle, baby. Lori and her boyfriend decided to go for it. They were living a dream life in Grass Valley, a house on a farm with chickens and turkeys and goats. To them, a perfect place to raise a kid. I was seeking sort of a peaceful, calming, healing life experience up there. It ended up being a bit different than what I'd anticipated. About two months into her pregnancy, something didn't feel right. Lori had terrible pains in her abdomen. 
like doubled over, can't eat anything, can barely stand up kind of pain. I had gone to the doctor in Grass Valley and they assured me that the pain I was feeling was normal and it was my uterus growing and getting ready for the baby and cramping was normal. But the pain got worse and her belly was getting really big, like volleyball size when she should have been in the modest grapefruit category. She went back to the clinic. I felt like something's wrong, something they're not telling me. And they just kept telling me, just wait it out. It'll get better. Just wait. Over the next couple months, Lori saw three different doctors to try to figure out what was going on. When she started to suspect that the best thing for her health was to get an abortion, she had to drive 200 miles to get care. California has cast itself as an abortion haven, an abortion sanctuary. But that was not Lori's experience. Catch the rest of April's story on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on your public radio station or download the California Report magazine podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, June 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beale, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Holly J. McDeed and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.